Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Uh, class today is in memory of the Rabbi Chacham Asher, uh, Chacham Asher uh, Rabbi Asher Chacham Ben uh, Meir Chacham. Also in memory of my uncle David Mizrahi, David Ben Sarav, and also my uncle Jaime, Chaim, Jaime Gindi, Chaim Ben uh, Victoria, and also in memory of my friend Howie Silverman, Tzvim Ben Devorah. Thank you, A.B. Safi, for reminding me about Howie. Um, so we spoke yesterday a little bit about uh, the concept of, uh, of trying to overcome one's nature. We said that sometimes when a person, when a person does, bad, does bad, Hashem actually turns away from them. There's a hester panim, and Hashem leaves them to nature. And when you're left to nature, it's very, very difficult because the laws of nature don't treat us very well. Um, so how does a person come back to reconnect to Hashem? He said, Rabbi Abitan always said a person has to go beyond his nature. He has to move beyond his nature. He has to leave his comfort zone. When you leave your comfort zone, we say, Hashem silecha yad Hashem also will allow things to go against nature. I saw something beautiful that was brought by Rabbi Friend relating to this week's parasha. And it says, Ulcho b'nei Israel, to all b'nei Israel, lo yecheratz kelev leshano. No dog barked. No dog snarled towards them. Um, I remember the rabbi, when he talked about dogs, uh, he said that in Morocco, the dogs were like, you know, the worst of the worst. You think? Ran in the streets, skinny, eating garbage, was the worst thing a dog. When he came to America, when he first started here, the early 50s, he was in the butcher on a Tuesday, and he sees a man from the synagogue carrying a little dog with him in the butcher. And the man comes up to the counter, and he orders a pound of uh, corned beef. And the rabbi says, oh, you're buying corned beef already for Shabbat from Tuesday? And the man says, no, Rabbi, I put my Shabbat order I do on Thursday. So what's the corn beef? This is for Fifi. <laughs> Fifi. And as he's talking to him, the, the butcher cuts a slice and hands it, and he feeds it to Fifi, the dog. The rabbi said, you know, when he was little, they always used to scare them and say, if you do certain sins, you come back the Gilgul of a dog. He said, but maybe it's not so bad to come back as a Gilgul of a dog in America. He says that. So we, we see from here, the dogs didn't bark. In Parshat, in Parshat uh, Mishpatim, we say, you, li, you should be holy to me. And eat torn in the field, you shouldn't, you shouldn't eat. To the dog, you should send that meat. So Rashi comments that the dogs were singled out to be thrown the non-kosher meat as an indication that Hashem does not withhold reward from any deserving creatures. In other words, as a reward for not barking at the Jews when they left Egypt, the dogs are to be given the trafe meat that cannot be consumed by the Jews. The question could be asked is, what's the great thing that the dogs did? They didn't bark. But look, we learned last week in the Perashah what happened with the frogs. The frogs even jumped into the ovens. Mesirut nefesh of the frogs. How come we don't have a specific reward for the frogs, but we have a reward for the dogs? 
Rabbi Friend also brings, he said, we can see a second observation. In Perek Shira, all the animals of the animal world sing praises to Hashem. What is this praise of the dog? He says, Bo'u Come, let us bow ourselves to Hashem, let us kneel before Hashem the Maker. The Midrash notes that Rav Yeshaya, the disciple of Rav Hanina ben Dosa, fasted 85 separate days because he could not understand how dogs merited to sing the praise of Shira to Hashem. The Pasuk in Yeshayahu talks about dogs as brazen souls, Azai Nefesh. It says, every creature has its identifying characteristic. Dogs personify the tribute of chutzpah. So Rav Yeshaya could not understand how dogs could say shida. He fasted 85 days until he was able to understand. I remember when the rabbi first came to my house, I was nervous because I had the dog and I wasn't used to having a dog. My wife, when I got married, you know, a week later, she brought a dog. What's a dog? And the rabbi looked at the little white dog, and the dog, of course, ran up to the rabbi and climbed on his legs. You know, the person you don't want him to bother, the dog goes to bother. But the rabbi's so nice, playing with the dog, the white dog, and tells everyone, Gilgul, Gilgul, Gilgul. (laughs) The Midrash says that after the rabbi fasted 85 days, an angel came to Rav Yeshaya and told him that he was sent from Shamayim to inform him that the dogs that the dogs merited singing Shira, so the Almighty, by virtue of the, because they, because of what they did in Egypt, because in Egypt they didn't, uh, they didn't bark. Not only do they merit singing Shira, he says, but dogs also merit, this is crazy, that their excrement is used to tan the hide of animals in preparation for making the parchment used to make Sifret Torah, Tefillin, and Mezuzot. Rabbi Fran writes that he saw in the contemporary Sefer, Darash Mordechai, that the author asked modern-day uh, Sofrim whether this was still the case, and they confirmed that, in fact, indeed, the essence of the chemicals used to prepare the hides to make parchment for writing, Kitvea Kodesh, are still derived from the excrement of dogs. So the question is now strengthened threefold. The dogs merited having non-kosher meat thrown to them. They merited saying shida. And they merit that the excrement is used for preparing the Torah, the mezuzah, the tefillin. For what reason? It's because they didn't bark when the Jews left Egypt? Compare that to the heroism of the frogs that, 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 that jumped into the, the ovens. So he says that the explanation is that nothing is more precious to Hashem than a person or an animal or a creature who breaks its nature. This is what Avodat Hashem is all about. A person overcoming his natural instincts and his innate personality traits is more beloved and dearer to the Almighty than anything else. Dogs bark, the Gemara says in Berachot, when they sense the Malach HaMavit, the angel of death. We also see based on Baba Kaman, the Gemara, it says Hashem was protecting B'nai Israel from the Malach HaMavit. That's why the dogs didn't bark. It's an amazing accomplishment in the eyes of Hashem that the dogs in Egypt conquered their inclination and didn't give in to their natural tendency. He says on the frogs, on the other hand, may not even have realized they were jumping into the ovens.
They just did it. They just did it. Of course, whenever we hear a teaching of Chazal like this, these are all metaphors. The rabbis are trying to teach us something. The message is that we all have natural inclinations. Some of us are inclined to get angry easier. Some people have a tendency to be cheap and stingy. Some people have a tendency to spend money loosely. People have various tendencies. Even siblings and even twins, who you think have everything in common, have significant differences. There are various qualities of the soul that we all have to deal with. Someone was asking me yesterday about them, about their husband, about their children. She was going through all these aspects of, of Haneshama, what she thought, and she realized studying that, what she has to fight. So man's challenge in serving the Ribbono Olam is to be able to control and channel these qualities of the soul as needed to adhere to the will of Hashem. And he brings something unbelievable, Rabbi friend, something that really is mind-boggling. The Gemara tells us that when Rav Yossi ben Kisma took ill, Rav Hanina ben Taradion, Rav, Rav Hanina ben Taradion went to visit him. Rav Yossi ben Kisma asked Rav Hanina ben Taradion, what on earth are you doing? Have you lost your mind? Rav Hanina was teaching Torah in public. This was against the edict of the Roman government. It was a capital offense. Rav Hanina's response was, from heaven, they're going to have mercy. Rav Yossi ben Kisma told him, I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, I'm giving you an argument. From, you're saying from heaven, they're going to have mercy, and I'm going to be astonished if the Romans don't burn you together with the Sefer Torah. And this is exactly what happened. The Gemara continues, the famous story of how the Romans burned Rav Hanina ben Taradion, where they wrapped him in bowls of wool, which they wet, and then the Torah around it so that the, the fire wouldn't get him so soon, so he would suffer longer. However, prior to describing the tragic end of Rav Hanina ben Taradion, the Gemara continues the story of the dialogue between him and the ailing Rav Yossi ben Kisma. Rav Hanina ben Taradion asked Rav Yossi, tell me, what will be my fate in the world to come? Rav Yossi ben Kisma asked him, have you ever done anything worthwhile in your life? Rav Hanina responded, in fact, there was an incident that he could be proud of. I once had money I collected on Purim. It was supposed to be distributed to the poor. He says, what happened was, though, I put it in the wrong pocket and it got mixed up with my own personal money. So I decided to give away everything the money plus whatever I had, just in case, so that I wouldn't make a mistake. And I gave it to the people in need. Rav Yossi ben Kisma was very impressed with this action. He says, if that's the case, then certainly you're destined to enter the world to come. Not only that, but may it be God's will that my portion in Gan Eden be equivalent to your portion for what you did. What did he do? He gave away some money that was in his pocket. <clears throat> Everyone comments on this most perplexing Gemara. Rav Hanina ben Taradion was a public martyr. He was burned by the Romans with a Torah wrapped around him. How could you say that his zechut in heaven, his olam haba is going to be based on sticking his hand and taking some money out of his pocket and not on the fact that he was killed as a martyr? He says, where do you find the answer? says he saw a beautiful answer from Rav Shnur Zalman of Liadi, the Baal Hatanya. 
The Chabad guys would be very proud. We quote the Baal Atanya. <laughs> he gives an amazing interpretation. He says, there are certain people who love the intellectual pleasures of learning Torah. The mere intellectual challenge that Torah analysis presents is appealing to such people. And the Baal Atanya cites a proof. He says, they're Gentile philosophers of earlier times. They had every single pleasure of the world open to them with no restrictions placed upon them by fear of heaven. He says, what did they do? They gave up their pleasures to study mathematics, chemistry, physics. This was their enjoyment in life. This was their biggest pleasure. He says, Rav Hanina ben Taradion said, yes, I'm teaching Torah publicly, but maybe I'm not really doing it l'shem shamayim. Maybe I'm doing it because I enjoy it because this is my life. There's no greater pleasure to me than publicly teaching Torah. If that would be the case for such effort and even martyrdom, perhaps he's not going to receive Olam Abba. He does it because he's addicted to Torah. Some people are addicted to alcohol, some drugs. Rav Hanina said, maybe I'm addicted to Torah and this is why I'm doing this. It was for this reason that Rav Yossi ben Kisma had to probe for another source of merit. His question was, did you ever do something that went against your nature? To that, Rav Hanina responded positively. Yes, there was something I once did that went against my natural inclination. The Balatanya comments that people who have an affinity for intellectual pursuits tend to be cheap by nature. They don't like to part with their money. He says, Rav Yossi ben Kisma opined that when Rav Hanina was able to cite the incident of the time he went against his inclination and gave away from his personal funds that were mixed in with the tzedakah, it was a sign that this was purely L'shem Shamayim. He went against his nature and this deserved for him to have Olam Haba. The Baal HaTanya explains in the same way that someone who reviews his learning a hundred times is not like someone 101 because everyone does a hundred. He says 101 is to go against your nature. So the idea of the dogs, a dog not barking is going against its nature. A person doing the right thing against his or her nature is the highest level of avodat Hashem. As a result, the dogs deserve to sing shira. They were watered with meat and their byproduct is used to make the Torah, the tefillin and mezuzot. So the rabbi said, he said, our challenge is to go beyond our nature. Our challenge is to leave our comfort zone. What's our comfort zone? Someone tells you to do something, eh, I don't want to do it, it's a big mitzvah, but I have to mess up my day, I have to mess up my this, I have to mess up that. That's the test that a person has. Are you willing to leave your comfort zone in order to do what you have to do? We should all learn from that. All the neshamot that we mentioned have aliyah neshama. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.